With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This morning comes from the New Testament book of Colossians. It can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1165. If you would like to follow along, I'll be reading from chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Coloss, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, your dear fellow servant, who is faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray that this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us to, into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Today's sermon is titled, call for prayer, or call to prayer. After what I've seen our country go through this week in the news, in our politics, on Facebook, I felt a need for those who call themselves followers of Christ to gather in our prayer closets and pray for our country, to pray for our communities. They fast and pray from sunup to sundown for 30 days. 
eating only one meal a day. While I was deployed as a chaplain <coughs> to Iraq, I heard these calls to prayer and witnessed what Ramadan looked like in a Muslim country. Soldiers who knew I was a Christian would come up to me and ask, why do Muslims seem to outdo us when it comes to prayer? My purpose to them would be, would be that our scripture tells us to pray without ceasing, to be in constant communion with God. My more developed answer today would be that prayer is not an item on a checklist, but it's about a relationship with God. Like any relationship, communication is key. Also, Christ taught his followers not to pray in public for the purpose of being seen by others, but to go <coughs> to our prayer closets. <coughs> to followers of Christ, prayer is not about getting a, a pious pat on the back from others, but it is about letting God, our Father, know what is going on in our lives and our communities, and for us to recognize that we need God at work in our lives and in our communities. Our prayer closet is a place for us to cry out, God, I need you. Do you see what is going on in my life? Do you see what is going on in our world? We need you. We need your intervention. In today's text, we see Paul writing to the believers in Colossae. He always gives thanks for them in his prayers. He thanks God for the work he has begun in them, and he prays that God would continue to work within them. Paul, in this writing, recognizes the continued need for God to work in the lives of the believers at Colossae. Paul is telling the believers in Colossae, I continually bring you before God the Father in my prayer closet. I pray that the work of the light of the, light of the good news that has begun within you will continue and burn brighter. Who do we lay before God our Father in our prayer closets? Where is your prayer closet? Where do you go to meet with God? To acknowledge the need for God's intervention. Today I urge us as followers of Christ to be more intentional about finding a place and time to meet with God. Our world needs the followers of Christ to pray. This is our call to pray. Paul opens his letter to the Colossians by identifying who he is, and by telling them that he, is con he constantly prays and gives thanks for them because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Paul has never met the believers at Colossae face to face. But he heard about their coming to faith through Epaphras. Why is this important? Because Paul prays constantly on behalf of those people for the work of the kingdom to continue among them, even though he has never met them face to face. He doesn't know them by name. He's never shaken their hand. He does not know who they are. But God does, and he prays for them. Paul cares deeply 
for the spiritual well-being of people he does not know, and he constantly intercedes for them before God our Father. What Paul is pointing out here is intercessory prayer. What is intercessory prayer? I looked up a couple of definitions on what is, what is intercessory prayer. According to Wikipedia, intercession or intercessory prayer is the act of praying to God on behalf of others. According to CBN.com, Christian Broadcast Network, intercession is a prayer that pleads with God for your needs and the needs of others. But it also is so much more than that. Intercession involves talking, taking hold of God's will and refusing to let go until his will comes to pass. This is intercessory prayer. We need to start praying on behalf of our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our country, that the light of the kingdom will rise in the darkness of this world. See how dark our world is? You just have to turn on the news. And I saw so much darkness in the news this week, by the end of the week, I was crying over I really was. It needs to stop. When you read Colossians 1, 1 through 14, the New Living Translation, three times he tells the people, we pray for you. How does Paul pray for them? Well, first, Paul gives thanks to God for them. And his entire prayer flows from thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for the work God has already started. Paul prays in verse 9 for knowledge of God's will. The New Living Translation puts it this way. For he prays for a complete understanding of what God wants to do in your lives. In verse 10, he prays for obedience to the will of God in their lives. It is only when we understand God's will that we can act on it and live and live it out. Obedience is an action. Paul writes in verse 10, Then the way we live our lives will always please the Lord. We live lives worthy of his name. Finally, Paul prays for spiritual power to have patience and endurance necessary to carry out his will that the light of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, would continue to go out and continue to change lives all over the world. We can't lose sight that despite the darkness is heavy out there, Christ's light is still shining. The world might look hopeless, but we have to hold on to that hope of the gospel as we find in Jesus Christ. It's the only way others are going to see hope in this dark world. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 2. Oftentimes, Paul ends his letters with prayer requests for himself. To open them by saying, I'm praying for you, will you please pray for me? And 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 2 is one of those. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray the Lord that Irish wristwatch. That makes you slow down, for those of you that don't know. <laughs> Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes. 
just as when it came to you. Pray, too, that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone is a believer. And I had to read the end of Colossians as well, the book we're, the book we're talking about. In Colossians 4, 2 through 4, we see, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. The letter to the, the, letter to, uh, the Colossians is one of Paul's prison letters, one of the many letters he wrote from behind bars for the sake of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul frequently ends his letters with a, with a request for prayer. He asks his readers to pray for the advancement of the message of the gospel that it will continue to spread. Prayer for protection from those who do not believe and wish to do them harm. Paul ends his letter to Colossians with a call to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer and pray for us that while we are in prison for the sake of the gospel, that God would still give them opportunities to share the gospel. The same good news of Christ that they are in jail for. In other words, do not let these bars stop the spread of the gospel. This is intercessory prayer. <clears throat> An article on ChristLife.org says it this way, the power of prayer is something God invites us to use as we seek not only personal transformation, but the transformation of the world as well. Someone who intercedes is someone who takes up a burden that goes far beyond his or her own needs and intentions. Our brothers and sisters that gather to get together to worship today in the cities of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, St. Anthony, Minnesota, in Dallas, Texas, need our intercession. They need our prayers. That they can be the source of light to communities that don't have, that have soon have lost hope. That they can help these communities heal the tragedies that they have faced. The families of the five police officers killed in Dallas need our prayers. The family of Alton Sterling and Philando Castro need our prayers. Our neighbors in need, our neighbors in general need our prayers. These are, are our neighbors. Our country as a whole needs our prayers. I don't know ever a time I've ever seen our country so divided on many issues. You know, it's almost to a point where we need to change our name from the United States. It's not quite that far, though. There's hope. Sometimes it seems that way, but you can see it coming together. This is what happens when I go off my script and lose my spot. When we go to our prayers, prayer closets to intercede, take these names with you. Take these communities 
with you and bring them before God, our Father, the Almighty. Like we heard in Psalm 77 today, may we be moved to cry out loud to God for these families, these communities, for our brothers and sisters in Christ who worship in these communities, for our own <coughs> communities, for the things that are going on in our own communities. There's a lot of division in our communities, guys. We, just last week, the, um, actually it was this week, I think, the Board of Aldermen voted, held a vote on the refugees. And you can see the division that is within our city on, on this issue. They voted six to four to bring it to a ballot. It needed one more vote for it to come to a ballot. But they voted seven to three to send a letter to the State Department saying they cannot support bringing refugees to Rutland due to a lack of information. We don't have the decision from the federal government yet whether they're going to allow refugees to come here. But the division is clear within our, even our own communities. Pray for our community. Pray that God's will be done. Pray for our mayor. Pray for our border of Alderman. Pray that they see the light of the gospel. I found myself this week after the events of the news, like I said, crying uncle. Lord, I've had enough of this darkness. I've had enough of seeing friends on Facebook arguing back and forth about issues they probably agree on, down to the, on the basis. And, but mostly, I can't take another San Bernardino. I can't take another Pulse nightclub. I can't take another Dallas, Texas. I can't take another Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Ferguson, Missouri. I can't take the injustice I'm seeing anymore. And I was reminding you about Habakkuk. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere, I cry. But you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery wherever I look? I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. My downfall this week was scrolling through Facebook, just so you know. If you aren't one who scrolls through Facebook, you're probably better for it. My feed was just full of people arguing about race and police. That is not constructive at all. It, in fact, winds up being more destructive than the argument they're trying to make. It also moved me to tears to see some of the exchanges coming from people I know. Dallas prompted me to pray like Habakkuk, to cry, Uncle Lord, when will this darkness end? <coughs> God, how long will you make us look at this? It seems everywhere there is something violent and destructive in the news, prompting destructive arguments in my Facebook feed. God, it appears we live in a world where there is no justice. When will you act? 
Just so you know, when you pray this way, be ready for God's answer. Be ready as you intercede to hear from God how he wants to work through you to intervene. Be ready to come out of our prayer closets to put the knowledge of God's will we have obtained through prayer into action. God's response to Habakkuk came in verse 5 of chapter 1. And it's this. is that he is, doing, he is at work and that he is doing something that he wouldn't believe if he told him. Guys, despite all the darkness, God is at work. He's at work in and through his people. We just need to go to him in prayer to cast our worries. I am going to tie Sunday school in here. To cast our worries at the feet of God. At the feet of God the Father Almighty who made heaven and earth. Is there any is there power any more powerful than that? No, I didn't think so. And this same God that made bespoke the world into existence dearly wants to hear from you, his people. Despite the darkness that surrounds us, God is at work. In Habakkuk 2.4, God tells Habakkuk that the just should live by their faith. We as people of God need to live by our faith in the work Christ has done within us. A faith that gives rise to the light of the gospel. Darkness cannot dispel darkness. And darkness cannot overcome the light. What light does? dispel the darkness. Even if, you, even if I turned all these lights off in the room and lit that candle, this room would not be dark. And the darkness cannot overcome the light of that candle. Okay. That's important to remember. The light of Christ will not be overcome. God is at work in and through his people. As we intercede for others, be attentive to how God is calling you into action. It's through the actions of our faith in Jesus Christ that the darkness of this world, of this world is quenched. We bear the hope of the kingdom to the, to the world around us. A kingdom where there is no darkness, only light. There will be a day that the Black Lives Matter movement will no longer be necessary because all lives will truly matter in the kingdom of God. It is our job as the people of God to be about God's kingdom work here and now. There's a poem I found. It's called Sanctuary. It was uh, interpreted from a Sanskrit, which is an ancient Indian language. And uh, I thought it was fitting for today. I like to go into a place when only God is there. And bending low upon my knees, I bow my head in prayer. No doubt or fear can touch me there. My spirit is at rest. For I am in my Father's house. He loved and sheltered guest. And when I must go forth again, where men in different plod, I am the better for the time that I spent with God. We need that place 
where we meet with God. Moses had a place where he met with God. And I pray that someday that, we, that, that uh, the light of Christ, the light of the gospel, shine, shine so brightly from us when we leave that place that people see it. When Moses came down from the mountain, the people of Israel didn't want to look at him and made him wear a veil because the light of God shone through him. May that light shine through us when we come out of our prayer closets. Second Corinthians 10.4 says this, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That weapon is prayer. That weapon is seeking after God. Prayer is talking to God. God who spoke this world and all that we see into existence. God who through the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ, we can boldly call Father. This is who we talk to when we pray. Who desires to hear what is going on in our lives and in our world around us. This is where we invite God to work in our lives, in our homes, and in our hearts. This is where, like Paul, we lift up our fellow brothers and sisters in prayer before the throne. We continually ask God our Father to reveal to each one of us his will through the Spirit of God working in us. Prayer is where we begin to confront the darkness of this world. Prayer is where we confront the darkness in our own lives and where we prepare to face the darkness of this world. Make no mistake, we are at war with the forces of darkness. We cannot lose sight of them. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons, but they are mighty through God to break through the darkness. Prayer is that weapon. Reflect on the news the last week, the last month. Darkness surrounds us. It's time that the people of God fall to their knees and pray. And pray that God dispels the darkness through his people. This is our call to arms. This is our call to prayer. Where is your prayer closet? Your war room. Where is the place that you can cry out loud to God? Where is the place that we can pray like Habakkuk? Where do you go to invite God to work in your life? <clears throat> to work in the lives of your brothers and sisters in Christ? And to work in the community? The light of God's glorious kingdom needs to pierce the darkness that surrounds us. Where is the place we go to meet with God, our Father, the Almighty Maker of heaven and earth? I, for as I wrote this sermon, I, I, I need to be more intentional about finding that intentional space where I go to meet with God. Right now, it grows. This week, my prayer closet was the third floor of this building where I was working, because I'm there by myself, and I found myself praying while I was working meeting with God. I find myself sometimes when I get out into the woods to hunt or fish, that that becomes my prayer closet. God meets me there. But 
Sometimes we have to have a place where we intentionally go to meet with God. And I need to be more intentional at finding that place. Not that I don't pray, but I need to be intentional at finding that place. This is where I meet God. This is where He works in my heart, where He works in my life. Where I can go forward and where I can go forward into battle and confront the darkness that's outside our door. We need God's intervention in our lives and in our world. If we do not have a spot to meet with God, I would challenge you to find a place that is free of distractions, where it's only you and God, where you can pour your soul out before the throne. Pray that God continues to work in your brothers and sisters in Christ, that the light of the kingdom will continue to rise in and through his people. Pray that the Spirit of God within his people would move our prayers beyond words, but to move us into action. Action that tears down injustice and stands with those who are marginalized in our society. Action that spreads the light of the kingdom of God. My heart breaks for the darkness I've seen in our news lately. I cannot stomach another San Bernardino. I cannot stomach another Pulse nightclub. I cannot stomach another Orr Dallas, Texas. I cannot stand another Ferguson, Missouri. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, St. Paul, Minnesota. People made in the image of God died in these places. And it's time the people of God respond. This is our call to prayer. Prayer shatters the darkness. The light of Christ will rise and conquer the darkness. We cannot lose that hope. As dark as our world might look, we cannot lose the hope that is in the gospel. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.